Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another episode of Boom Lawyered, a Rewire News Group podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that enjoys the fact that we joined a plant of the month club and that we go and get plants once a month. It's lovely. I'm Rewire News Group's editor at large, Imani Gandhi. And I'm Jess Piccolo, Rewire News Group's executive editor. Rewire News Group is the one and only home for expert repro journalism that inspires you to Pick up a new hobby like plants. It's so good for the soul, truly. And the Boom Lawyer podcast is part of that mission. So a big thanks to our subscribers and welcome to our new listeners and viewers. So, whoo, yeah. Amani, yeah. we're in it yeah. for this one. Today, we're going to talk about Jonathan Mitchell, the conservative lawyer and architect of Texas's bounty hunter law. Now, this fucking guy... <laughs> Do you want to know what he's this up to now? guy. <laughs> you want to know what he's up to now? He's filed a lawsuit on behalf of a Galveston County man named Marcus Silva. Get this. It's a wrongful death lawsuit against three women who helped their friend, Silva's ex-wife, get an abortion and leave her marriage. But first, Jess, I have to ask. What kind of man believes he is so entitled to his wife's body that he would sue his wife's best friends for helping her, you know, achieve that bodily autonomy that we're all striving for? I mean... Race ipsa loquitur, right? (laughs) The thing speaks for itself. I love it. Did you just hit our listeners and viewers with a race ipsa loquitur? You actually did. I did just hit everybody (laughs) with a race ipsa loquitur. I did. Oh, my goodness. That means the thing speaks for itself. And, you know, as Imani suggested, this is more than a one-off case about some guy who's big mad at his ex-wife for making decisions about her own body. It is part of a coordinated campaign by the anti-choice movement to end access to abortion pills specifically. And that's because they know that access to abortion pills makes their crusade to end abortion entirely impossible. Mm -hmm. They know it. Abortion pills, they're here. (laughs) They're queer. Get used to them. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So... First thing we're going to talk about, what is this case about, right? Woo. Fuckery. Fu- it's, it's about it's fuckery. About, it's about fuckery and a douchebag. But Marcus Silva, the douchebag in question, is suing his wife's friends, his three wife's friends. Their names are Jackie Noyola, Amy Carpenter, and Araceli Garcia. And he is alleging that they conspired to murder his child. Conspired to murder his child. Now, if you read the text messages between this group of friends, Mm -hmm. it reads like just really close friends trying to help another friend out of a failed marriage and out of a relationship that seems less than ideal. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. According to the complaint, Brittany Silva found herself pregnant in July 22. She divorced Marcus in February 2023, just last month. Now listen to a snippet of these text messages, like tons of text messages that Silva clearly got from his wife's phone or his Uh ex-wife's phone and, and added them to the complaint. This is from her friend Amy. Amy, Brittany, this is just another obstacle to overcome. Stop fucking Marcus. (laughs) And if you fuck anyone else, get a plan B. I know. 
She's not wrong. I know you know that, but I can't leave it unsaid. Brittany responds, 100%. I'm so lucky to have you all. Jackie, your help means the world to me, really. And yes, no more of that. I was stupid to be doing it at all. I didn't think this would happen since it hasn't happened in seven fucking years either, but it's still on me. I know I fucked up. Not letting that shit happen again. Amy chimes in. Mistakes happen. You can't spiral. Hopefully, this is the slap in the body that you need to remove yourself from him. The slap in the body. Not even the face. This is a full body slap. (laughs) And Brittany says, yeah, it is for sure. Can't risk shit like that generally, especially with him. Okay, first of all, protect these women at all costs. We all need friends like these. Ride or die. Ride or die. These are absolutely the hide the body friends. Exactly. Um, I got a trunk. You got a body. Let's go. Those texts, though, all jokes aside, do read like someone desperate not to have a child with a man that she would end up divorcing nine months later. And again, all jokes aside, we know that abortion bans can be weaponized against people seeking care to keep them in bad situations. And we also know that reproductive coercion is a real thing. So this is bad. It is bad. And it really does sound like Brittany Silva was terrified. Yeah. And so Silva, you know, flexing his power, is suing his ex-wife's three friends for a million dollars in damages each. So that tells you right there that this lawsuit has is just nonsense, right? Because he knows damn well that these three women don't have a million dollars each. It's a lawsuit about sending a message, not a lawsuit about his, in, his quote-unquote injury. Right. And aside from that, once he can figure out who manufactured the abortion pills that Brittany took, he plans to sue the manufacturer too. Frankly, the lawsuit reads like Operation Rescue fan fiction, right? It refers to assisting self-managed abortion in Texas as a, quote, act of murder and notes that the abortion took place post-Dobbs and after Texas's trigger ban was allowed to go into effect. So essentially, he's saying that abortion was criminalized and therefore that gives him the right to file this lawsuit. But you have to remember that self-managed abortion is not criminalized in Texas, right? Right. But... Set that aside for a moment. The lawsuit also repeatedly accuses the women of conspiring to, quote, murder his, quote, unborn child with, quote, illegally obtained pills. And it also accuses his ex-wife of concealing the pregnancy and deciding to, quote, unquote, kill the unborn child without Marcus's knowledge or consent. Now, to support allegations that assisting a self-managed abortion in Texas is an act of murder, the lawsuit cites penal code sections defining deadly weapons. So I guess the theory is that abortion pills are a deadly weapon, and by helping this woman get abortion pills, that the three, the three friends somehow committed some homicide or assault with a deadly weapon. Also, the lawsuit's Uh, cites the section of the penal code regarding criminal homicide and criminal negligent homicide. So abortion is criminalized in Texas, right? Silva Mm -hmm. is right about that. Yeah, but self-managed abortion is not. He's not right about that. (laughs) And that's also why this guy can't sue his ex-wife directly and is instead abusing the legal process to harass her friends. Because you know if he could put her on this lawsuit, he would. Mm All right. So Silva is represented is represented by Jonathan Mitchell, as we said, the architect of SB8. That's the bounty hunter bill that conferred standing on that's arm standing, as we have called it on this podcast. Right. That's any random motherfucker can just go 
<laughs> and sue and collect a 10,000 bounty, right? A $10,000 bounty. So when I tell you that Mitchell's presence in some random wrongful death lawsuit should be a five alarm fire, his involvement in this is a huge red flag. Listen, you know, I don't want to give Jonathan Mitchell any props because I, I don't like the man. Right. I just I don't no. like the man. He's a bad man. But I have to I have to give him like like a half a prop. Because he came up with this system. that he, He's the architect of this new legal rubric whereby you just confer standing upon every, any random motherfucker. You remove enforcement capability from the state so that you can't find a person to sue. Remember, that's what mm-hmm. happened in SBA. Yeah. Advocates were just scrambling around trying to find a person to sue. Couldn't sue the attorney general. Couldn't sue the Department of Health. So do you remember they sued every clerk and every judge <laughs> in the state of fucking Texas, which at the time I was like, that's bananas. But also, what else are you supposed to do? You're supposed really? to be able to find a remedy. And frankly, you got to hand it to Mitchell for literally breaking the brains of the Supreme Court justices, right? That case went up to the Supreme Court and the justices were like, well, gee whiz. I, I don't know. This seems bad. This seems like it's not something you should be able to do, but we don't know what to do. We're the highest court of the land, sure. But guys, we're, we're at a loss here. And so that's why they let SB8 stay in effect. And that's how abortion was criminalized in Texas a full year before it was criminalized across the nation. Yeah, this guy Mitchell is bad news. If you take one away from this podcast is that he's a bad man and that his presence alone tells us more to this lawsuit than meets the eye. But, oh, Amani, there's more. Of course there is. There is more. Silva is represented also by, and this is his real name, Briscoe Kane. Briscoe Kane! Woo! My name is Briscoe Kane, and I own the ranch. I'm I'm a Texas cattle rancher. I'm also a member of the Texas House of Representatives. Woo! I do not know why I go full Yosemite Sam whenever I hear his name. Because it's Briscoe Kane. That's his name, Jess. Briscoe Kane. For listeners and viewers, Briscoe Kane is an anti abortion ding dong Mm. and member of the Texas House of Representatives. So. I mean, Amani, doesn't that just smack of fuckery afoot? Of course it does. Why is Briscoe Kane, who's got a goddamn job, <laughs> right? Like, you have a job, my guy. Why are you also representing this guy in his wrongful death suit? If not for fuckery afoot that you're not willing to really share with us yet. But Jess and I know what you're up to. We know what you're up to. Briscoe Kane! Woo! We got your number, Briscoe Kane. And so, folks, when I say he's a ding-dong, here's what I mean. In an interview published with the Texas Observer, this is what Kane said about the lawsuit. I almost tried to go into a voice, but I'm not going to be able to keep it. Anyone involved in distributing or manufacturing abortion pills will be sued into oblivion, Oblivion. said Kane. That includes CVS and Walgreens if their abortion pills find their way into our state. I like the idea of abortion pills, like with a little bindle, you know what I mean? With like a a little (laughs) stick and a handkerchief, just like, (laughs) we're going to Texas, guys. (laughs) Hitching on the I-5 or whatever. Oh, God. But truly, though, that right there tells us that this case is about more than some shitty ex-husband trying to terrorize his former partner, (laughs) abusing the legal process against her friends along the way. And that's what we're going to talk about next. 
we're going to talk about how this is part of a larger campaign. This lawsuit mm-hmm. is part of a larger campaign, right? This wrongful death lawsuit is the first of its kind under Texas's abortion ban and could set the stage, obviously, for intimidating people out of helping their friends to provide care, intimidating abortion funds, intimidating mutual aid systems that have sprung up in the wake mm-hmm. of Dobbs. Antis are pushing very, very hard to remove abortion from the state of Texas entirely. They're even trying to remove people in Texas's ability to find information about abortion on the Internet. Right. Right. I love the idea that we're just going to memory hole healthcare. Right? <laughs> we're going to memory hole healthcare. Like, what? That doesn't <laughs> exist. Don't know what you're talking about. Abortion? Don't know her. <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> oh, my God. Texas is also itching to jail people for abortions, right? We know this. I mean, they're. Like, like, but yeah, I'm just. Yeah. I just. I mean. That's that. Uh, truly, that's why I think Briscoe Kane's presence here is, is really alarming, right? Like at the very least, it's got to be about building a case to end the self-managed exception, you know? Because as I said, they'd sue the ex-wife if they could, and you remember they already tried right. to bring charges against some broad, right? right? Oh. Lizelle Herrera. We, we'll yes. put it. We'll we'll link that episode of the podcast that we did in the show notes. They yoked up this lady for for oh self-managing God. an abortion. And then like a day later, let her out of jail because they were like, oh, yeah, oops, we don't actually have a penal code that makes what you did illegal. Like, are you for real? They're like, ah, we didn't mean it. It It's just a mistake. No, sorry about that. Not a mistake. Just an effort to see what people's stomach was for throwing pregos in jail, essentially. Yeah, call it a trial balloon. Exactly. Because that's what it was. And so... So that's all bad. And I just want to point out, too, that there's no way it's a coincidence that this lawsuit was filed after the lawsuit that we have pending challenging the FDA approval of Mifepristone. Like, it's just no coincidence that these things are happening and that Jonathan Mitchell is involved. And so I think we need to read those two lawsuits together. Yeah, yeah. We said earlier in this episode that eliminating access to abortion pills was a critical point of the anti-choice strategy. But it's not that easy. Thank the Lord. Thank the old gods and the new. It's not that easy. Um, So let's think about what needs to happen for Mm anti-choicers to be able to eradicate abortion by also eradicating medication abortion. Yeah. One way they they could succeed is by making sure that the pills can't be made or distributed. Right? Like, go after the manufacturers. But how do you force a manufacturer to stop making a product, especially when they make a ton of money off that product, which generally conservatives love big business. They love big pharma. Not here, apparently. But how do you convince a manufacturer to stop making money off of a product? Amani. Yes. Through litigation and increased risk. Bingo. We're going to talk about the tort system. That's the third thing we are talking about. These torts are not delicious. I don't know. (laughs) Just shimmied. (laughs) These torts are not delicious. Oh, so Jess, really? you're going to have to explain what the tort system is. And I, oh, you're already excited about it. You're I already excited shit. about it. I love this. So uh, listeners and viewers, torts are basically personal injury type claims and they result only in money damages, right? Wrongful death claims like the one Silva is trying to assert here. It's a tort. Think of everything from like a negligence claim in a car crash to class action, right? That movie. Like, 
That was a so good. good <laughs> Everybody watched that movie. It's so good. At the heart of the wrongful death claim here is an allegation that abortion pills killed a baby. It's a murder claim, basically, if we were in criminal court. And it's a personhood claim, right? Someone should be alive but for the wrongful act of the defendant's his ex-wife's friends here. Right. Like those, the people that he's going after are the friends who helped this lady get an abortion, right? That's just. Right. Right. So, so we've got that. Okay. And then now we've got this other lawsuit pending that we're waiting to hear about, right? And at the heart of the lawsuit challenging the FDA approval of Mifepristone is a claim that that drug is dangerous Mm. and shouldn't have been approved. Dun, dun, dun. I know, really like big <laughs> law and order hammers. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so right now we have a wrongful death lawsuit asserted against some individuals. But Amani, mm-hmm. what if there was a way for aunties to make a wrongful death claim against the manufacturers and distributors of abortion pills? It could scare them out of making or distributing the pills in this country altogether. Okay. All right, Jess. I get all that. But mm-hmm. Mifepristone isn't dangerous. Mifepristone is not dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> like, over, like, it's been, it was approved 20 years ago, 23 years ago, right? In the year 2000. Over the, over the course of those 23 years, there have been something like 5.6 million abortions. 5.6 million abortions. <laughs> 28 deaths. There have only been 28 deaths. And Mm -hmm. those 28 deaths, I read the literature, couldn't all be attributed specifically to the Mifepristone. Like one of those deaths was a homicide. And quite frankly, I'm not sure how you commit homicide with Mifepristone unless you're like pelting pills at people's faces, like just dropping them slowly on their forehead like Chinese water torture. (laughs) Could you imagine just getting like a a virulent anti-choicer and just dumping abortion pills on their head? (laughs) That sounds really fun to me. But, you know, this is all according to court documents, right? Right. And other other shit that I've read. Mifeprestone (laughs) is safer than Tylenol. So what gives? But Miffy kills babies, Amani. Oh, for fuck's sake. No. I'm serious. No, That's their argument. No. <laughs> That's their argument. If, that if you include the 5.6 million babies that were murdered oh, in the God. course of those 5.6 million abortions, it is clear that Miffy is a very dangerous drug. No, I refuse. I ref- I categorically reject this because the Miffy is doing what it's supposed to do. Mifepristone induces abortions. You can't say that it's a crime for a drug to do what it's meant to do when that drug was approved 20 years ago by the FD goddamn A. It- yeah, it's killing babies. Oh, it's doing what it's oh supposed to do, Imani. It's killing babies. All right? <laughs> I can't. It's, it's, we are in the upside down. So wrongful death lawsuits like these open up manufacturers to increased risks of Big damage awards. And if every terminated pregnancy via their product is considered the murder of an unborn child, the antis claims that Miffy is a lethal chemical. They can point to the 5.6 million abortions that have occurred since it's been approved. Like, that's the give, right? Briscoe Kane said they want to sue everybody they can into oblivion and beyond. Honestly, can you just shoot me out of a cannon into oblivion and beyond? Because I can't take this. Like, I, I legitimately cannot take it. But you know we should believe them. We need oh, no. to take them at their word. Absolutely. And, you know, if, okay, if this becomes about Mifepristone 
and big mm-hmm. farmers manufacturer of mifepristone, then don't we have to start talking about products liability? We do. <laughs> okay. We do. All right. It's more torts. It's more torts, only this time with a side of contracts. Oh, you, did, right? you did finger guns. Why are you excited about contracts? Contracts is the worst. <laughs> I mean, it is. It is. I taught it for Spain and like don't is all I would say about that. So products liability is basically, listeners and viewers, consumer protection law. It's a hybrid of torts, which we just talked about, and contract law, which I refuse to talk about right now. <laughs> like that's just not happening. But what you need to know is that products liability is the main tool for holding businesses, especially big ones like pharmaceutical companies, responsible when their products cause harm to folks. Cars blow up, it's a products liability case. Your IUDs made of copper, that's a products liability case, right? McDonald's coffee scorches your crotch, products liability case. <laughs> right, okay. <clears throat> but let's talk about products liability in Texas specifically. Okay. Because I looked this up because I was fascinated by this. Under Texas statutory law, there is a rebuttable presumption that a drug manufacturer is not liable for failing to warn about the risks of a product if the FDA has approved the warnings and information that is furnished in the sale of that product. That was a lot of words. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and repeat that. There's a rebuttable, rebuttable presumption in Texas that a drug manufacturer can't be liable for failing to warn about the side effects and the issues that go along with this drug if the FDA approved the drug and approved the warnings and the information. You know, you get that, that little sheet when you get new drugs. Yeah. If the FDA has approved that, then there's a rebuttable presumption that the manufacturer of the drug is not liable for any harm, right? Like, yeah. And I mean, that makes sense because truly, who do we trust more here in this process? The scientists at the FDA or Briscoe King? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So a plaintiff can rebut this presumption. Okay. I'm going to do that again because there was a ding. Sorry about that. Uh, yes. It, uh, 23.32. All right. Now, a plaintiff can rebut this presumption by establishing that the manufacturer withheld from or misrepresented to the FDA required information relevant to the performance of the product and that the manufacturer's act was causally related to the plaintiff's injury. Again, that was a lot of words. Let me say this again. If it turns out that the manufacturer lied to the FDA, perpetrated some fraud on the FDA, didn't warrant, didn't tell the FDA all the information, then yeah, a plaintiff can rebut the presumption that they're not liable by saying, hey, motherfuckers, you lied to the FDA and I got sick. You owe me some damages, right? I need, right. I have a harm that needs remedying. But also with torts, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about causation. So doesn't there need to be a chain of causation that can be linked yeah. back to the manufacturer, right? Like obviously Silva doesn't know which manufacturer sold the abortion pill. So he can't just sue all of them because right. that would be weird. Also, right. what if there was something that happened in between the time the manufacturer distributed the pill and the person ended up in the hospital or with a computation or whatever, Right. Right. There's got to be some connection back to the manufacturer. And we don't necessarily have that here. No, 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 no. At all. I mean, first of all, shocked face. Shocked face. Right. Um, Like essentially this this provision of statutory law in Texas acts as a liability shield for manufacturers from state court court state tort claims, the exact kind of claims that are at issue here. So what gives? Why isn't why isn't the manufacturer going to be shielded from liability here? 
I mean, they should be, right? But what happens if that liability shield is undermined? I mean, Imani, that might be what is absolutely up to or what Texas is up to here with this nonsense. Yeah. I'll, I'll politely call it nonsense, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Like we are we have a record of abusing the legal process, creating law whole uh, like new out of whole cloth to the extent that the Supreme Court is like, I don't know, man, too hard. Pass. Right? It's bad. It's bad. I don't trust these guys. <sighs> All right. We we spewed a lot of words at you today. So Let's just do a little takeaway. Let's let's just say if somebody Ooh. asks you what the hell is going on right now with this <laughs> wrongful death lawsuit in Texas, here's what you can tell them. You can yeah. tell them that self-managed abortion is not a crime in Texas. Nope. So the fact that Marcus Silva is suing these three women, his wife's ex his, his ex-wife's friends for a million dollar each alleging they quote conspired to murder his child, that's nonsense. Right? Like, sure, Texas right. will make self-managed an ab abortion a crime as soon as it can. But how can you conspire to commit a crime that's not a crime? Right? That doesn't right. make sense to me. So that's one thing you can take away. Another thing that you can take away is that Jonathan Mitchell is a very smart but very bad man. And his buddy, Briscoe Kane, the two of them together, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum <laughs> of anti-abortion fuckery... That, go, that starts in Texas and spreads nationwide. If we are witnessing an, uh, trial balloons of finding ways to hold uh, friends and third parties accountable for other folks' abortions, we've got that, right? So we have intimidation there. We have coordination in terms of uh, campaigns and arguments against the efficacy and safety of medication abortion. Anytime these two guys show up and we're talking about abortion, it's bad. It's, bad. it's real bad. And the third thing you can take away is that aunties can't end abortion until they end medication abortion. And they know that because medication yep. abortion is the future of abortion access, as we've said at umpteen times at Rewire News Group. So yes. what they're doing is targeting manufacturers of Mifepristone yep. and alleging yep. that they are somehow responsible for Marcus Silva's injury, whatever he considers that injury to be. So we've given you the information. Now go forth and tell your friends about all the fuckery that's afoot in Texas. If you have any questions about said fuckery, you can find me on Twitter at Angry Black Lady. You can follow Jess on Twitter at Hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. You should and could, could and should, might and would, follow Rewire <laughs> News Group on Twitter and on Instagram and sign up for our YouTube channel because that's yeah. how you're going to know that our podcast is coming out. And if we may be so bold, if you mm. listen to this podcast, it's probably because you care about making a difference. And I mean, because you like the pod. And us. We're very likable. <laughs> you <are>. love us. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to make a difference and keep the pod going strong, please consider becoming a recurring donor. Even like $5 a month really helps. You give us a little help. We stay on top of all of the massively critical news moments and court decisions like all of the legal chaos surrounding abortion pill access, for example, it's win-win. You win. We win. Everybody wins. Well, I mean, well, not anti-choicers and the legal 
decisions. We're not really well. We're not winning that. A lot of wins in terms there. of in terms <laughs> of sharing information and you know friendship and love. That's how we win. Yeah, community, community, exactly. So you know, all the more reason to help us stay on top of this shit, on top of these bozos because bozos that's what they are. <laughs> We need to bring the word bozo back. I'm bringing bozo back. back. Yeah. (laughs) So before we go completely off the rails, head to rewirenewsgroup.com slash donate and give what you can today. That's rewirenewsgroup.com slash donate. Dig into your pockets and give us what you have, please. Thank you, everyone. We are so grateful for your support. So grateful. So grateful. And what are we going to do, Jess? We are going to see you on the tubes. See you on the ding dang tubes. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.